Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. feeling it in my back today, cleaning up my yard for several hours yesterday. That was not in my schedule. Felt a little overwhelmed, but it's sometimes what life does. We're in this series, Overwhelmed, looking at how God's design for our lives can help us overcome times when we are feeling overwhelmed. And the natural question is, Why do we allow ourselves to get in that kind of a situation? Why do we allow our bodies, our emotions, our schedules, our budgets to get overloaded, to get overwhelmed? Answer too often is that we're trying to do too much. And so the question then becomes, well, why are we always trying to do too much? And at least part of the answer may be that we forget what matters most. As human beings... We have this strong tendency to forget. We forget some things, we remember some things. Instead of focusing on the things, though, of life that really count, that really matter, that really make a difference, maybe we just tried to do it all, have it all, keep up with the Joneses, all that kind of stuff, and as a result, we get overloaded. We get overwhelmed. Because as human beings, we have this incredible, amazing capacity to remember, but also to forget. I mean, it's probably true. We remember every hurt somebody has done to us. And yet we forget the lessons that we learned in the midst of those hurts. We need to pray what David prayed in Psalm 39. He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. When I remember how little time we have, and so I focus on what really counts, I don't I I don't think I worry as much about trying to get it all done. I don't feel so overwhelmed. And so this morning, I want us to look at three truths that we need to remember every day to help us keep our our focus and our lives on the right things to to be less overwhelmed. And and here's the thing. I know that what I'm going to share with you for many is not going to be something new. It's not going to be something like, oh, I never heard that before. That's, That's an astounding thought so much as it's going to be, oh, I forget that sometimes. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, that just kind of gets removed from me. And if you'll follow, apply, and practice these three truths, I think you'll find your life, first and foremost, more aligned with God. And a byproduct of that then is healthier, less hectic life, stronger family life, better balance in our work. And I'm not necessarily saying all these, these things we got to remember and live out are, are easy, because the truth of the matter is, Easy is not necessarily how we describe the Christian life, but better, yes, definitely better. But we have to make some choices. So here here we go. Let's dive in. If you have notes, 
Uh, if you want to write notes, we have it in the bulletin that you can take that and follow along uh, to use this. First, the best use of life is love. It's love. And that may sound pretty simple, but 1 Corinthians 14, which comes immediately after 1 Corinthians 13, which has often been called the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 14 once says, let love be your highest goal. And I mean, how many of us can honestly say love is our highest goal? Is love the most important thing, the number one priority? Why should we make it number one? Because God says to. Why does God say to make love that highest goal of our lives? Well, God says love is what life is all about. Again, from 1 Corinthians 13 now, verse 3 in the message, it says, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. You can have a million dollars in the bank, Paul says. But if, if love is not a part of your life, and I don't just simply mean, oh, I'm in love. I mean radically living out a kind of love who accepts others for who they are and works for their good. God says you're bankrupt. Now, you see, God doesn't say that, that loving relationships are an important part of your life, an important part. He, he doesn't say there's something to be squeezed in with everything else, with other priorities. God says loving relationships are your life. Love is the highest goal. I'm bankrupt without love. And so we start our relationships with him and then turn to others. That's what love is, life is all about, love. One day a guy came to Jesus and he asked, hey, hey Jesus, what's God's most important commandment? And Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are, this is called the great commandment. And as important as the Ten Commandments are, Jesus says that if we are loving God and loving others, then all the other stuff falls under that, is covered by that. Love is the basis for all the other commandments. So many of the things that our world tells us are important don't fit. Jesus says the point of life is not achievement. It's not acquisition of things. It's not how big of an account, bank account I can get. It's loving relationships with him and with those around us, vertical and then horizontal. But if that's true, then why is it that so often we allow love to get the short end of the stick in our relationships? I mean, don't we get busy? And then we get overwhelmed. And it's easy for relationships to take the back seat. We think, they know I love them. They know I care. I've got all these things i got to do. And so we fail to give our relationships the time, the energy, the attention they deserve because we're so busy with what we think are the more urgent matters. And, and, and I say we, I mean every single one of us, including me. And yet we got to remind ourselves that not everything that is urgent in our life is important in our life. It's really, it's, it sounds like a simple distinction, but it's really important. Urgent or important? Which, which weighs more in our daily lives? My guess is, for many of us, it becomes the urgent. We confuse them, and so we spend time, some of we have to, but we, we 
prioritize sometimes making a living, getting the job done, finishing the, the work, paying the bills, making progress, accomplishing the goal as if that's the point. And yet no one at the end of their lives has ever asked to have put on their tombstone or, or somebody else. He cleared his desk at the end of the day. Or she finished all those reports. I mean, you walk through a cemetery, you're not going to see something like that on any of those things. You're going to see beloved son, loving father. You see things like that. The, the work things are maybe admirable, but God says the point of life is love, relationship. God also says we need to focus on love because it's the only thing that's going to last. Everything else, I mean, no matter, you know, you and I, we came into the world with nothing. And when we go out, we're not going to take anything with us. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul on the way to the cemetery. Have you? You can't take it with you. You can't. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I mean, if I ask you, how many of you want to leave a legacy behind you after you die? I mean, I, I suspect everyone in here would probably raise their hand because I think all of us want to know that our, we're here for a reason, for a purpose, that our life makes a difference, that we're not just simply occupying space and, and, and breathing in oxygen. And the good news is God has shown us how to have a lasting legacy, to make an enduring impression. It's not filling our life with work or wealth, Ultimately, but with love. We're tempted to believe. Our, our society tells us that our achievements are what people are going to remember. But, but it's really not. I mean, how many times have we actually forgotten? I've got a, a high school reunion coming up. And, and, you know, just in thinking about that, I remember a couple of things, awards that I actually did win in high school Quite honestly, they don't ever cross my mind. They're not a part of my daily life. They're not something that matters. It's just because I'm thinking about that reunion and all of a sudden thinking about my high school and trying to think of some of the good things that happened there. You know, and, and that's not even a high point. You know, every trophy you have is going to end up in the trash someday. I don't care how wonderful it is. Somebody, if not you, is going to throw it away. We know this. But we forget as we're living our lives and we start emphasizing all the little things that are fine. I'm not, I'm not saying, gosh, you shouldn't do them. You should never have them. But I'm also saying they don't last forever. We discover this intuitively when we see someone who is dying. I've watched over the years a number of people toward the end of their life, even in their last minutes. And let me tell you, I have never seen someone lying in that bed or sitting in that chair saying, hey, bring me my diplomas before I go because I want to I look at them one more time. You know, Bring me that gold watch I got for 40 years of service at my place of employment. That's what I want to hold on to as I'm, as I'm leaving this world. What do we know intuitively happens? Loved ones surround, come together, hold hands. 
We know that intuitively. Unfortunately, too often, we don't remember it. The, the value of love, the value of relationships, do we get down to that final minutes or days or whatever it may be, that relationships and love are what matter most. Why wait till then to figure it out? Start working on it now, not on the thing that really matters. Life is not about achievements. It's not about accomplishments. It's about relationships. When, when we get to hev- heaven, St. Peter isn't going to say, now, now, what was your career? What did you accomplish in that? Can you, can you give me the high points of your career? Or he's not going to say, can I see your bank balance to see if you have enough to get in? <laughs> or, or, you know, how well did you do with your investments? No, if you look at Matthew 25, he's really pretty clear. It's how did we treat other people? He said, when you have done it unto the least of these, you've done it to me. I, I, I want to I challenge us, suggest that each day before we get out of bed, we pray something like this, God, whatever else I get done today, I want to be sure that I spend time with you and with those I care about. I want to make sure that I spend some time today loving you and loving other people. Because if we miss that, intuitively, we, we're going to figure it out, if not before, at the end, that we've wasted our day and our life. And I mean, why should God give us another day if we're wasting the one we have? It's why we've encouraged so many of you to, to continue spending time with God every day because during our transformed experience, 1,200 of you got the journals and so many of you spent time that you hadn't been doing before. And, and I would tell you that if I could identify the, the single thing out of those two months and, and that, that may be the most transforming for your life and the life of our church, it would be the number of you who began to spend time with God every day. It, it's why we, we intentionally set up a, res, a next steps resource place out in our lobby. Because we don't want you to walk out and just kind of forget or let it fall by the wayside. It takes time to build up a habit, and hopefully you did, and we want you to continue that. Because as we tune our hearts to God, as we love God, he then tunes us to love each other. He helps us see the priorities. He helps us see what matters the most, how to live our lives in God-honoring ways. He shows us the, the greatest use of our lives is not achievement, but love. It's, it's, it's trite, it's easy to say, and yet I dare say it's one of the hardest things we do consistently well because we get caught up in the urgent and we get overwhelmed. We forget what we intuitively know, that it's all about love. Next, the best expression of love is time. I mean, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. It is. I remember when I was a teenager and up into my early, my 20s and all, there was this phrase going around. Everybody was talking about quality time. Quality time. You spend quality time with your kids and, and it'll make up if you don't have enough quantity with them. And then a few years later, somebody finally said, that was a bunch of bull. I mean, it is. Quality, yes. Quantity, absolutely. Absolutely. 
1 John 3.18 says we must show love through actions that are sincere, not through empty words. Empty words. I, I can say, I love you. But if there aren't actions in that, it means nothing. Guys, what, what is the most desired gift of love for the, a woman in your life? Roses, chocolate, diamonds? I suspect it's your time. It's your focused attention to talk, to listen, to be together. Because time is your life, and it's the most precious of your commodities to give. You only have a certain amount of it, and you're not going to get any more of it. We can, we can maybe do a little extra work somewhere and gain some extra income along the way, but ultimately, we have so much time, and that's it. Every time we give someone our time, we're giving him or her a portion of our life that we'll never get back. The essence of a relationship is how much we give of ourselves to the other. It's not, what can you do for me? No relationship that has any significance or depth is about what they can do for me. It's about what I can do for them. Marriage is never about, okay, we got this contract, and as long as you make me happy, everything's going to be fine. Marriage is a covenant in the eyes of God that is about loving the other, about giving to the other, about sacrificing for the sake of the other. And if the question is always about me, 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 then we have a, an eye problem. We're focused on ourselves. And you know what? You can never it, never, it never resolves itself. Never. That's why the best expression of love that we can give somebody is our time. A lot of times guys say, well, I don't understand. I provide for my family. They have everything they need. What more could they want? And a lot of our family would say, you. In fact, they would probably say, I will do with less stuff if I could have more of you. In fact, they may desire less. Your, your eyes, your ears, your time, your attention, your presence, your focus, it's you. Nothing can take the place of our time. Not clothes, not candy, not a big house, not money. The greatest and the best use of our life is love. And the greatest and best expression of love is time. We spend all of our time working ourselves to death trying to get enough money to buy the things for our kids that they don't, they don't need when they really need us. All the money in the world cannot replace your time with your wife or your husband, with your kids or your parents, with those you love. Whenever you give your time, think about this, you are making a sacrifice of your life because your time is your life. But that's what love is, isn't it? It's sacrifice. In Ephesians 5.2, it says, life, live a life Filled with love, following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Listen, if it isn't a sacrifice, if there's no sacrifice involved, it's not love. It's not real love. It's not the kind of love that God is talking about that he has for us and he desires for us to have for each other as a choice, a decision of how we live our lives. We can give without loving, but we cannot love, not truly love, without giving. 
Love, it's, it's the essence of sacrifice. It means giving up. It means, in many cases, giving up my ambitions, my preferences, my likes, my energy, my time for the benefit of another, whether it's a person or it's God. If you ever ask yourself, well, that's too hard, or I don't know if I can, I can give that up, ask yourself, are you sacrificing anything? Are you sacrificing for God? Are you sacrificing for those around you that, that care about you, that depend on you, that you want to love? Because if you're not sacrificing, it's a pretty shallow love. There's not a lot to it. God demonstrated the extent of his love for us when he sacrificed his son on the cross. That's the definition of love. That's where he's calling us to. And, and, and if you love someone, there's not any sacrifice. And my guess is your words probably sound hollow to them. The cross is the ultimate example. The cross is not simply a piece of jewelry. It is the sign of radical, sacrificial love. And when we wear it, we're not simply trying to be in style. We're trying to remind ourselves and remind others of a kind of love that sacrificed it all for me. So we want to show our love for God and for others. We have to, to sacrifice other things in our lives, often good things, that keep us from giving our best. Things like work, activities, hobbies, fun things, computer, TVs, all those things can rob a relationship. And likewise, if you want to revitalize a hurt or a damaged or dying relationship or a dying friendship or a dying marriage, it has to start with investing more love, more time. The most important thing in a marriage ought to be that God is at the center of that. I'm not saying that that is what it is for a lot of families and a lot of folks, but it needs to be. Even in, even in families, it means husbands and wives have to have time for each other because a great gift we give our kids is happily married parents. You may be thinking, well, how do I find time for it all? There's the problem right there. For it all? You can't. We can't do it all. You and I have to make some tough choices in order to add some space and margin to our lives, in order to love those that we care about the most. We have to decide that time together, in fact, is more important than money. We ha- you, some of you literally may have to consider changing jobs, getting by on less money, or a more sane work week. I had a meeting with a businessman recently who owns his own company. And he said, Randy, I'm, I'm cutting down the number of hours I'm working every week radically because I have discovered that though I have been very successful in my business, I have not been nearly as successful in my family. And as we talked, I mean, I was, I was pretty amazed at the degree of things he was willing to shave out of his life for the sake of those he loved. It takes a whole new perspective. You know, what hobby, what job, what car, what bank account is more important than a, than a loving relationship? 
Everything else in your life will come and go, but loving relationships are what lasts forever. Nothing can build those loving relationships without time together. Maybe it's taking 15 minutes each day with someone you care about to just talk with them, look at them, listen to them, focus on them, empathize with them, understand. Maybe it even may mean apologizing to someone because they haven't gotten your time. You need to remember the best use of life is love, and the best expression of love is time. And third, the best time to love is now. Not next week, not when things settle out at work, not when I get past this this bump in, in activity. They won't. I, I, we, we, we always say that, don't we? Well, in a couple of weeks or in six weeks, I can th- see things settling down. But inevitably, they don't. Something else comes along, and we develop a ha- habit or a pattern. Galatians 6.10 says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Ephesians 5.16, use every chance you have for doing good. Proverbs 3 Whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. I mean, if it's good for our neighbors, it's certainly good for our families. There are some activities in in our lives that we actually may need to procrastinate, where procrastination is legitimate because those things are not the most important things, and we ought to put them off. But since love is the most important thing, in life, anytime we choose something else over a loving relationship, we may very well have made a poor decision and missed the point of life. Why, why is now the best time to express love? I mean, because who knows what tomorrow holds? Who knows how long you're going to have the opportunity? Who knows what's going to come? I mean, we can play that song and it can... It can sound kind of trite, but you, you, at some point, most of us are going to find a time in our lives where we've, we kind of hit up against the wall. It may be a wall of illness. It may be a wall of work or something. And all of a sudden, it's going to take that to help shake us back into sanity. That if I'm always living for tomorrow, I will never live today. And I will always find life empty. Circumstances change, people die, children grow up and leave home. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. No one, not a single one of us in here. So if you're going to express love, do it now. Chuck Colson and George McGovern were polar opposites in the 1972 uh, presidential election and, and on the political spectrum. Um, 1972, McGovern ran, George McGovern ran against Richard Nixon, and Colson was working for Nixon as, as uh, high up in his organization. And yet, both of them ended up with the same regret. Chuck Colson wrote this. He said, as I think back on my life, my biggest regret is not spending more time with the kids. Making family your top priority means going against the culture where materialism and workaholism are rampant. It means realizing you may not advance as fast in your career as some do. It means being willing to accept a lower standard of living, knowing that you're doing the right thing for your children, giving them the emotional security that will draw, they will draw on for the rest of their lives. 
I mean, I read that, and it's, I mean, this is a guy who we would think he, 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 he achieved so much, and he's talking about that. Are we willing to make a financial sacrifice? Are we willing to give up things for the sake of people? George McGovern, the candidate, wrote a book about his daughter, Terry, who died of alcoholism. In 1994, she was found frozen to death in a snowbank where she'd fallen in a drunken stupor. After his daughter died, McGovern went back through her diaries and talked to friends and tried to figure out what she was thinking. And and he discovered as he went through everything that in talking to people and reading what she had written, he probably was not as good a father as he thought he had been. While spending literally 18-hour days fighting for what he believed were important political causes for our country, His daughter, Terry, was at home writing in her diary that she missed her daddy, but he probably didn't miss her because he probably didn't care that much about her because he was never around. McGovern wrote this advice to parents. He said, show more love to your kids by spending more time with them, especially during the adolescent years. No matter what it costs your career, that way neither of you will have regrets. He goes on, I'd give everything I have, and I mean everything, for one more afternoon with Terry just to tell her how much I love her and have one more of those happy times that we used to have all too infrequently. I mean, ultimately the question isn't if we're ever going to get to the point where we regret this frantic-paced, overloaded, stressed-to-the-max lifestyle that everybody else, so to speak, is living. It's not if we're going to regret it, but when. When is it going to strike home with us? When is it too late? Maybe after a family has even cratered. If you have kids, if you have loved ones, now is the time. Everybody is starving for attention. Are you going to change? Are you going to stand before God someday and you're going to explain to him, well, these things were so important. I was trying to provide all this stuff for my family. Is that what we want to say to God? I think it's worth asking, what sacrifices am I going to start making today to enable me to have the time to express love to God and those around me? On the back of your notes, there's a, there's a big blank place for you to write something down. If, if in any way God has spoken to you, as we've gone through this time this morning, if you've had any twinge, it may in fact be God saying, you know, maybe some things do need to change in your life. And now is the time. Not tomorrow, not next week, not three months from now when I get over this hurdle. Because there will always be another hurdle. There is, isn't it? We know that. There always is. Write down one or more sacrifices to start today because now is the best time to love. And then place it, place this where you can see it so you can remember the best use of life is love. The best expression of love is time. And the best time to love is now.
And if you need to find out more about some of that, or you need to talk to somebody about aligning your life, and in fact, if Christ isn't at the center of your life and, and you don't have his power to work in you or you're not doesn't quite all click, our prayer team's going to be standing right here. And they'd love to talk with you about that here in just a second. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're here this morning because hopefully, even if just for a little while, we've taken a step off of a moving treadmill to spend some time with you. Father, if some of us are discovering that that treadmill is going mighty fast and we're not, we're not doing justice to those we love, we're not giving them the time, we're not orienting our lives around the things that matter most, our, our loved ones, then convict us of that this morning, Father, and help us to make some changes. Help us start. Help us write something down. Help us tell someone to hold us accountable. Help us begin. Father, we confess that even when we realize that there's some truth, we have a tendency to still put it off. And I pray, Father, that you would speak into individuals' lives right now and that you would keep us, prevent us, from walking away from this time without setting some things down and picking up what matters most. Help us to do that, Father, so we can love you with our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves, so we can live the life you created us for. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Love those around you. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.